Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Stop Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler, I got a very important question. Have you adjusted yet? To the time? Or like to I was being glad an adult? That you, I, was, I was glad that you put two and two together. Uh, yes, I am, I am talking about the time because it seems like daylight saving time is all the rage. People are still talking about it. I was actually in Chicago this past like for the latter half of, of the week. So then when I came back, I lost an hour. I came back on Saturday night. So I lost an hour coming back and then I lost another hour. Oh, so it was like sucks. I lost two hours. So it was really difficult. I felt it more than ever, but my, my wife came up with this revolutionary idea, idea from the internet and I am fully on board with it. Okay. I know people were talking about like, oh, the Donald Trump idea that we should just get rid of, we should just stay on this current time for nope, daylight saving like time. That. This idea is even better. We keep it as is. Everything stays the same as is, you know, spring forward, fall back, all that stuff. Except in the in the spring, we spring forward at four o'clock on a Friday. Oh yeah. Everybody loves that. Turn day. that way up. Yes. Okay. Who I is like not that, on board with that? Or idea? it's spring all the time. Like like you know, with the sun sunlight and everything. However, there's no pollen. What do you think about that, dude? Oh yeah. It is a high pollen. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I think we just solved uh, all the problems of the world. You're welcome. So credit to us. So uh, we've, we've got a lot of, uh, SC, that's a nice segue into SEC basketball talk, uh, of which we have <laughs> a lot today. Uh, we just recorded uh, an interview with our good friend, Adam Spencer. He's going to preview all things SEC tournaments with us. We have some over-under regular season win totals yeah. for SEC football as well. Those are already out, so that's good. That was very confusing uh, for me. Yeah, very, very confusing. Um, so we obviously are going to hit on all things uh, Will Wade as well. And then, of course, we've got our usual fourth and wrong and all those shenanigans. But this week, SEC tournament. We get we get midday television, midday live sports. It's always a good week when we get that, especially it's when true. it's basketball or football or something like that. Or I mean, you know, anytime I can baseball. get that and I can gamble on it when it's not like the like EPL. Like I don't need right. to gamble on soccer. doesn't mean I don't, but I'm saying I don't need to. and I, I need to say that out loud so i can hear hear myself say it you're not at that point in your life yet yeah <laughs> uh very soon coming up though yeah, but <laughs> if you are trying to get up to nashville music city you're trying to take in a little sec tournament you know where to go that is ticket city ticket city is going to have your hookup for all things sec tournament tickets make sure you head on over to TicketCity.com. maybe you're a tennessee fan and you're like hey i'm gonna hold out hope that maybe my team is you know able, I'm able to scoop up some some late tickets or something like that from one of those teams that loses in the early rounds. Then you're going to buy some tickets late. You can do so because you're kind of in the area. It's in your state. Maybe you're a Vandy fan who's getting really optimistic that you're going to see the first SEC win of the year, and it's in Nashville. So that'd be really cool. You imagine that city <laughs> lit. <laughs> lit. Let me tell you, you have never seen Nashville until no, you've seen it I after. It. I had a midterm oh. two weeks from now, so I just didn't want to go to the game. Smart people over there. We got some smart people there. Uh, but whoever you are, make sure that you are getting your SEC tournament tickets on TicketCity.com. The biggest storyline heading into the SEC tournament, the biggest storyline, in my opinion, in college basketball that is not Zion Williamson, it is Will Wade at LSU. As we found out last year, or last week, rather, uh, things not going so well for Will Wade. Uh, <laughs> FBI wiretaps uh, recorded a conversation of him discussing a, a strong blank offer, as you would say. That was the fun, like the best part was reading the, the I guess, the like transcript, the transcript yeah. of what he, what he said. And there was like fill in the blanks because it said like expletive. And it's like a Mad Lib, but for adults. 
And so it like that that was my favorite part. I was wrong about a few of the cuss words he used. It was very creative, very creative, Will. Yeah, you could really go a lot of different directions in those cuss words. You had to I didn't check know you could. Yet. Yeah, you, you could really fill in the blood. You could do some good mad libbing on that, yeah. I feel like. Um, but Will Wade is, is suspended indefinitely, as we found out. And everybody's saying, in the aftermath of this, a lot of LSU fans were coming out and saying, what about innocent until proven guilty? And <laughs> people that were saying that, obviously, you, there's here's the problem with that. Uh, there are a variety of things wrong with it. One of which being, if Will Wade is sitting there where, let's say, I don't know, um, Avery Johnson is sitting, or even like Ben Holland maybe. Gone. Gone. No questions asked. But the fact that this is this guy would be, you know, in the in the hunt for national coach of the year, um, obviously it changes that. So LSU yeah. fans, of course, are going to come out and say, "Oh, free Will Wade and all this stuff about Joe Oliva. How it's ridiculous to suspend him." Kind of, you know, lost on LSU fans was the fact that Will Wade did not show up to this meeting uh, that he was supposed to have with Joe Oliva to discuss all of these things about what what went on, what didn't go on. We don't know what Joe Oliva knows <laughs> yet or when he knew that, all this, like, but it's that bad. meme with the guy like he's like can't get fired if you don't show up to the meeting. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure I've done that when I used to bartend and be like, Chris, I need to see you here early. I'm like, oh, can't do it. I'm not going to make it in early today. And just, I, bold move by Will Wade. We'll see how it plays out, Cotton. But, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not good. It doesn't look good. I don't think LSU fans' reactions is like, I don't want to say unwarranted because it does seem unwarranted with their reaction to Joe. No, I, and I think every like most other fan bases in the country in their situation would be re- reacting right. this way. But just understand that they're reacting this way based on results and not based on this. Oh, yeah. this support that Will Wade is this like unbelievable right. guy. <laughs> right. Like Will Wade would never do that. Yeah, come on. Is Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. That I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because like from a fan's perspective, I think this is more of like a microcosm, like not like you said, because if he's a good person or good guy necessarily, it's because they're winning, and like most fan bases would do this. Winning cures all. I mean, winning cures all. That's just bottom line. No doubt. I just think it is. It's like, and I love LSU. I love LSU fans, and and I want to say that first. But this is the same fan base that you know was any time a recruit leaves the state of Louisiana, any time, and especially in football. There's always a bag, man. They're always paying them. There's always it's like, and it, it, again, it's a microcosm of fans in general because you know they we overreact to a lot of stuff nowadays. But man, this was this was not the best judgment. And we'll we'll get into this more uh, in our interview with Adam too. Yeah. But just you know, a lot of the people that were saying, well, you know, why is he being suspended already? Like, what's why 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 do you let this process play out? The trial for all this isn't until after the NCAA tournament in right. April when all of this stuff is going to be laid out there. And Yahoo was the one who who obviously had the you know the big report about all this, and that the FBI had these recordings. The problem is that if these recordings exist at all, even if there wasn't a proven exchange of cash, it is still a violation of right. NCAA rules, and that's what people did not seem to understand. No, I, so I disagree. I think they understood that. I don't think they wanted to understand it. Yeah, they did not um, want to. But I, I will say this, and I, I think the two things that, that, that factored into it from like a fan's reaction, and, and I'm not saying this to take a slight at this person or, or be ne- like negative about him. I, I just think it's honestly what uh, like, you know, factored into it was a lot of this was broke – like the news was broke by Dan Wolken, like especially on social media, it seemed like he was like he didn't break thin. it though. Yahoo broke the story, right? But I'm saying a lot of this stuff was like that was current and up to date with it. That was a lot of being like commentated or commented on by him on social media. And so I, I had like people reach out to me from like LSU fans be like, why does Dan Wolken have a job? And why does like on Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff? And I was like, I don't know. I like I don't follow along as much. I think 
I understand it was broken. It was broke on Yahoo, and he works for USA Today. I'm just saying, I don't think that helped out a lot because it's like it's also basketball. Everyone knows everyone cheats. Like you know, Deontay Ayton thing last year. Um, pretty sure it's his name, Ayton. DeAndre. Ayton. DeAndre. Ayton, yeah, not Deontay. Um, it, so I don't think that helped, but also the fact that I think they have a decent point. And again, like you said, we talked about it with Spence. I don't see why what the advantage the advantages are for cooperating with the NCAA at all, especially if it's not until after the tournament. Get your wins. Because you can take down a banner all you want. It still happened. I'm, I mean, like, go get your wins. Screw the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now, you know, obviously uh, with Javante Smart is still suspended as of the recording of this podcast. He's suspended indefinitely while the school conducts its internal investigation, while yeah. the, NCAA, the NCAA does all that stuff too. And, you know, Will Wade, as far as we know, is not going to be coaching this team in the SEC tournament. We don't know what his status is. We obviously have the Sean Miller thing, and, right. you know, there there is some precedent with that in terms of poking holes in the investigation. Yeah. We found that this, this was proven, you know, wrong, like factually incorrect in terms of just the specifics of the case. But this this is a little bit more cut and dry with some of the, the details, and I think that <laughs> Yahoo reported on it yeah. for that matter and, and made sure to say, like, all right, you know, they had like a, a pretty wide range of when these calls occurred. It was like a two-week range. Yeah. And then, of course, he commits to LSU as soon as the, this range ended leading up to it. So, uh, you know, I, I think for LSU fans, holding out hope that, that Will Wade is going to be around and going to lead this team on this like us-against-the-world run, I just I strongly doubt it. And I know that's a really deflating thing to say, but we've seen in years past, and I wrote about this for SDS, We've seen a lot of cases where teams have had to deal with NCAA scrutiny. Their head coach has been under fire. Sometimes the coach has stayed on, like right. Bruce Pearl at Tennessee when he had that stuff come out in the beginning of that 2010-2011 season. And then we also had you know, cases like Calvin Sampson going back to Indiana a yeah. decade ago when that team crept into the top 10 and all of a sudden you know, they bring the hammer down because of phone calls. He made too many phone calls, right. which he had done before at, at Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and then he does so again at Indiana. So there have been cases like this before, and all three of those teams just collapsed. And I think that if you're an LSU fan, at this point, your realistic goal is win an NCAA tournament game. I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. That's but a, it's, they're but a good that's, team. That's it. So, and, and I and I agree with you. And so, and here's this is unprecedented in terms of I, I think LSU's kind of already shown what path they're going to take. And I, so, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, I don't think he survives it. I don't think that. You know, they end up making a run if he's not the coach. I don't know if it's ever happened where, like, the NCAA or, like, a, like a program has just, like, gone back on their word. Like, yeah, we're going to be in full compliance with the NCAA and this whole investigation. And then just, like, you know what? He's going to coach the next game. Well, Arizona like, kind of did that last year with Sean Miller. I mean, yeah. once they poked holes. but Because like, he had the one-game suspension. Right. I, I think this would be... Um, like, I, I don't remember... Maybe it's just because, like, you know, you know, geography factoring in. I don't remember the Arizona thing being as close to March. I don't remember being as big of a deal. Like, I mean, Aiton was obviously paid for it. Like, Aiton said he didn't care where he went to school as a senior in high school. Like, that's pretty blatantly obvious. The stuff with Will Wade, I, I just, I, part of me part of me wishes the LSU would just be like, you know, screw this, and just have him come out of the rafters like Sting from WCW and just be <laughs> like, like all of a sudden it's like tip off and like the lights go out, like it's like pregame, like all of a sudden it's like, no, there's a spotlight and there's there's Will Wade in the rafters. I But I don't, I mean, that, that, that ain't going to happen. So the, the macro view of this whole situation, I, I want to discuss this because 
I think there are a few things that uh, can happen this week at the SEC tournament that will help its overall brand of, of basketball. Yeah. This belief that the SEC is on the rise as a, a hoops conference and, and getting you know closer to, to the ACC. Not quite there yet. History takes care of that. But just at least getting to that level somewhat. And one of the things that... I know LSU fans are going to hate this, but one of the things that would actually help the, uh, the SEC brand of basketball is LSU losing and not winning this tournament. Because if LSU is standing there at the end and everybody is just going to say, you know what, LSU cheated, cheated its way to a victory. And, you know, this story that, we, that you know, in the middle of the year we thought was, was, was one Cinderella. of these cool, like, underdog stories. Yeah, not so much. And how Cinderella's they, they, on steroids. They'd be the easiest punching bag in the... I like that. I just pictured Cinderella, like a cartoon version of Cinderella Jack. (laughs) My shoes don't fit. Well, that's because you got hairy feet now, Cinderella. Got the whole (laughs) testosterone thing going. No, I mean, like, I I agree with you to to an extent, but I also think that having some kind of diversity in terms of a program winning other than Kentucky or, uh, you know, other than Tennessee has been, like, the face of the conference for most of the year um, since they've been ranked so high and, like, highly nationally. I just... I wish I wish it was different. I wish it wasn't happening right now. Like it's it's always easier to like be like oh man. Like I wish they would have had their run and then be like oh that's why it happened. Okay, sure. But now picture, we're going into it like that. Picture um, if Javante Smart is somehow allowed to play in this. Oh my picture god! Him <laughs> hoisting the MVP trophy and what the reaction would be like to that. Um, yeah. LSU fans obviously would be here for it. Now, as as any LSU fan should like, you should be cheering for that. Why wouldn't you be? But they would be the easiest targets of, of the internet. Right. They would have a field day no with doubt. that. Um, so as you as you just hit on there, one of the other things that can help the SEC brand is actually Kentucky losing this tournament because for four straight years, Kentucky has been the last team standing. And I think that to it's, it's the same principle that applies to football. Right. If it's just Bama winning national championships, the SEC brand really isn't help a whole lot. It's just Bama and everyone else. Yeah. And, and the same school of thinking applies to Kentucky. And I understand that Kentucky has not had the level of success that Alabama has had nationally and winning national championships and stuff. But within the conference, well, you wow, could actually Kentucky argue that Kentucky has had... <laughs> Kentucky, well, within the conference, you could argue that Kentucky has had more success than Alabama has had within the conference, yeah. just in terms of winning conference championships and all that. So... In order for the SEC to really show, like, hey, we're, we're more than just one blue blood. We, we can be bigger than that. I mean, Kentucky has been in the SEC championship eight of nine years that Cal has been in Lexington. That's and, really good. And until that changes, it's kind of <laughs> tough to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, there are other teams besides Kentucky in the SEC. I mean, hey, Alabama, I mean, listen, Kentucky, I wouldn't even go to the championship if I were you. You had a much better chance of winning the national championship if you don't win your conference championship. That's what I've learned as a fan. But just saying. That's actually a really good point. Lots to be said for that. <laughs> Rest yourselves. <laughs> so uh, the other thing, and I don't know if there is, there might be a scenario in which this could happen, but you know, once the matchups came out, you realize this is less and less likely, and that is the SEC makes history by again having eight teams in the NCAA tournament. And given the fact that Ole Miss and Alabama, two teams that are on the bubble, are going to be facing each other in that, I guess you would call it a second round game. Of the SEC tournament, uh, it might be it could potentially be an elimination game. Now, Ole Miss is has a better standing right now, or believed to have a better standing than Alabama. So theoretically, Ole Miss could lose to Alabama, and Ole Miss could still find its way in. And then if Florida in. won, Ole Miss is is probably in. But if crazy things happen, we've seen this with the yeah. bubble before. You never know with some of those mid majors and if they're, teams they that are, they're projected as a six seed though. They're, Ole Miss is not projected as a six seed right now. 
Hold on. They are not. Dead. I, I, we, you're we're dead about wrong. to post it. You're dead wrong. I'm pretty sure we're about to post It is a nine seed. I'm not yes. good with numbers. It's upside down. You're Two, very but you know bad. what? Two good numbers there. You know what I mean? Gosh, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> good uh, save, Chris. Nailed it. <laughs> so so I, I, I think that the chances of this, like, you know, we'll talk about this later, but the odds are that the SEC is going to get seven teams yeah. in the NCAA tournament, which is still really impressive and might be might tie for the most with the ACC, depending on how things happen. But I think I, I, I do think that that is like if that situation is on the table, that would obviously be the biggest thing to help the yeah. SEC moving forward. No, I agree with that. And, that, and, and now that I understand what numbers are, I, I yeah. agree with what you're saying. Let's talk about some more numbers. Let's talk football. Uh, we got a lot of numbers for you. Jeez, man, this is awesome. I'm excited. We have something that Uncle Chris loves. We have Bet Online came out with odds for over under regular season win totals for I think it was seven SEC teams, and I, I think right before we came on, they came out for a few more. So I apologize yeah. if we don't get to all of them. Well, but the first seven SEC teams that they came out with were Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M. So I want to kind of run through this: which over unders you like? I want to start by which, saying one thing though, guys. Keep in mind. Tommy O'Rourke, our, our listener from Australia. Our favorite Aussie. Our, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I love Tommy O'Rourke. Whoa. I told you we had an – so I don't know if I broke – I told you this. I don't know if I'm Dan broke in this news to you. Um, we had another Aussie reach out to me on Facebook that also listens to the podcast and sent me a picture of him and his boys going to the Georgia-Auburn game like last year or two years ago and then like a Braves game that had a whole weekend. We're like oh, the number one awesome. SEC football podcast in Australia. I mean, I would, I don't even see how you could argue it at this point. Regardless, um, he won like twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars on his parlay purely based off of our preseason win total uh, bets, our so over unders. You could be that person. Yeah, <laughs> based on listening to us. Send us your money, uh, and we will. You know, it's it's about making money, not about spending money. You know what I mean? It's a pyramid scheme. I'm on PayPal, kids. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's let's run through all these and keep in mind this is regular season win totals, not total win season win totals. Up. It's regular season win totals. Alabama eleven, Georgia ten point five, Florida nine, LSU nine, Auburn eight, Mississippi State eight. You're taking the over big time. <laughs> Texas A&M seven point five. So. I look at that, and I, I have a, a few things that jump out to me right away, but I'm curious what Uncle Chris hat has in mind when he sees some of those numbers jump up because last year it seemed like there were some more egregious over-unders, and I think there are only a couple in this group. So I, th- there were some egregious ones, and, and I, told you, I told you last year that Mississippi State would get exactly eight wins. I was, I was spot on with that, and at, and Georgia, I said was like the the like, <laughs> was like the easiest bet. Them and Clemson, I was like that's the easiest bet. It was ten and a half and eleven. It was it was like with those two schedules, that was they were hands out gonna make it. This one's a little bit tougher. Georgia plays a pretty tough schedule. Um, they get Notre Dame at home. They get A and M at home. They're at, no, they're at home against. No, they're at Auburn. At Auburn. Um, and then. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of who else. They get Tennessee. They're at Tennessee. I don't know. But I, I think they go over because I think they go 11-1. and one. That's a pretty difficult schedule to manage, um, not to mention they still have Florida. I like the over in that one. I like the over in A&M, barely. I think they'll A&M get exactly at seven, at A&M at 7.5 was one of the ones that jumped out to me. And the and so the odds for that, um, it's minus 175 for the over. Right, and so that is almost the exact same over. And this is why this is interesting. Last year, uh, South Carolina had the highest odds out of any team in the country. Um, 
on their preseason uh, over-under list, and it was minus 185 to bet the over at seven wins, but it was seven flat. It wasn't seven and a half. There wasn't a hook on it. So with seven and a half in Texas A&M, keep in mind, they play, maybe they aren't going to get the over, because they play Bama at home, they play at Georgia, they play at Clemson. Pretty sure all those games are in September. Um, and then play they, LSU still. They still play LSU. That one is at LSU. And still they still, still have Auburn. And it's like, so you're talking about five games right there that could are potential losses. Um, I I think, I mean, for me, it comes down to them winning the rest of their schedule. I think that'll happen. But it comes down to, are they going to get one win out of those five games? I would imagine they would. They, they have a very talented team coming back. I mean, this is a team that you could argue is a top 10 team. They'll be a preseason top 10 team. You think so? I, th- I think they will be. I think, and if not, they'll be very, very close. Yeah. But and I think a lot of people will do the thing where they look at their schedule and they say, Yikes. oh, they don't deserve to start as a preseason top 10 team. And I can get into a discussion about how finishing as a top 10 team is different than starting as a top right. 10 team. But I think the key, and, and I wrote about this too, is is Kellen Mond. I mean, if he takes the next step, I mean, we saw right. in, in, in year spurts two. what he could do in year two of Jimbo's system. And I think, you know, I think that that's kind of the X factor for this team as to just how high they can fly and if they can be that special team that all of a sudden you're sitting there and maybe they have a season that's like LSU last year where LSU, you know, obviously they didn't have the close game against Bama, but at the same time, you won a New Year's Six Bowl. You won double-digit right. games. At AM. that doesn't happen very often. No. It just has not in the 21st century. Well, what was century, the stat so. we talked about where they'd only had back-to-back eight? It was like back-to-back New Year's Eight Bowl, something like that? It was like back to back ten win seasons, right? I and it was I, I think I think it was New Year's New Year's Bowls or something. It was something weird because be. it was like it went back to like nineteen ninety seven or like yeah. ninety eight when they had Dat win. You are like, what in the world? Um, I wish we would have looked at the stat beforehand. But regardless, uh, so like going back to over unders, I, I like I like Bama to push. I think Bama's got a loss somewhere in their schedule, even though it's again one of the weakest schedules in the country. I mean, they open with Duke. They had to play at Carolina. They got to play at Auburn. Those are tough games. So you're saying Bama's going ten and two. I'm, no, you're saying Bama's no. going to lose. No, 10 and there's no chance. Two, I say push. You're saying, they have eleven wins. Okay, so <laughs> there's no chance. Just hoping they. There's no way that Bama loses two conference games, there's right? Two conference right? games? Absolutely not. Because they're not going to lose a non-conference play. No, so yeah, I don't. If they lost two conference games. I mean, hail brother, you might you might have to take over <laughs> father and queso because I might jump out of this building. Um, I mean, no, I mean like at A and M is tough. Uh, oh, that's in that's October twelfth, so that's not too early. But then, like, you know, you still have the LSU game, and and Auburn. I don't I don't see them losing two games. That, that would be <laughs> that would be mind blowing to me. Um, but the other one is this: uh, Florida at nine games. <laughs> I, th- I like I think nine games is achievable in the regular season for Florida. But I will say I think they're going to have a significant drop off. Interesting. They have the most intriguing. They have the most intriguing schedule of any SEC team, just because getting two big in-state rivals right. in non-conference play is is awesome. You have this, you know, this really unique crossover with with Auburn too. That I think is going to be, you know, just kind of fascinating to see what these two offensive-minded yeah. coaches are going to do. And then you know the usual, um, you know, you, you have your usual Georgia matchup and you know LSU as well. So those are five games right there that are. Big headliner national still you know, significantly national ahead games. of and, and this is crazy to say, but like what a what a fantastic year for Florida to get FSU and Miami both on the schedule. Oh, great because that is like you said that is a huge national game that you're bringing like a spotlight and and to owning that state, like sorry UCF but like to owning that state because you are 
even in year one under Mullen, you are significantly further ahead than FSU and Miami. And now that now that this, this game uh, against Miami that's going to be played in Orlando, yeah. shout out to me, I will be there. Um, <laughs> that is that is getting moved up. <laughs> that, that that game is getting moved up to August twenty fourth. So now because of this, they have three bye weeks. So that is ridiculous. Getting, in terms of getting injuries and, and roster depth, what that could potentially cheating. Mean, I mean, yeah, cheating whatever you wanted to. <laughs> I, I mean, that is, that's, that, that is really frustrating to me. I will say this. You know what else that opens the door for it? I kind of thought you were going to say it, but thanks for nothing. Um, before, we were going to be in opposite cities. Now it's open. Maybe there's a little SDS road trip. I don't know. Uh, out there. I had that thought. Bama, had that Bama thought. Duke in Atlanta. And then Disney World's in Orlando. You can go to the game. I'll go to Disney World or vice we versa. Just, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll get uh, our good buddy Gary Stoken, the, um, the Peach Bowl CEO, we're gonna get him to to get us like some tickets in his luxury box for that opener, Duke Bama. Let's let's make it happen. Let's, let's here. Let's try one more over under. How many chicken sandwiches do you think I eat in that luxury that luxury box? I'm gonna set the over under at six point five. The weight gain is back on. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> it's um, speaking speaking of UCF, I there, so there are some national odds out as well from uh, from Bet Online, and I want to talk about four of these because. We're going to talk about these teams a lot, and we were just hitting on on two of the in-state teams uh, in Florida here. UCF. UCF, that over-under is set at 10. So it's pretty much just uh, like basically like straight up. I mean, the over, um, it's it's minus 110 for that. Right. But UCF, I don't know if you've looked at their their schedule this year, but they have Stanford and Pitt. And now we assume one of those games is going to be rained out because hurricanes are indeed a thing. That's just reality in Florida. Um, But... If their schedule stays as planned, because they have to go to FAU, and they have you know Cincinnati, who won double-digit games last year, I believe, their their schedule is actually a little bit trickier than it has been in years past. That ten, I, I don't know about. That's that's kind of high. Like, okay, here's you're right. Stanford's gonna play at UCF, dude. UCF at FAU. I would go down to that game in a heartbeat. Boca, Boca's Boca, Boca in August, man. Let me tell you, dude. Quote quote of the century. My fiance saying. I would hate to go to school here. There's literally nothing to do. We were across the street from a gas from a from a golf course. And I was like, <laughs> "There's seems that's like a what, pretty beautiful campus. We're right next to the beach, lady." Anyway, but like, and I never thought I would say this out loud, but UCF having to go to Temple and to Cincinnati seems like it could be pretty tough. I'm and just that, saying, that, I'm just saying, Cincinnati. I, I'm pretty sure that is a Friday night game. And you go to Cincinnati on a Friday night in October, <laughs> you do not come out unscathed. Eat some Skyline chili. Gross. And I knew yeah, you were going to say that. You're feeling horrible about yourself like three <laughs> hours later. <laughs> that's, like, that's chili spaghetti, right? Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. Some, it. Somebody it's in like, Alabama is like kicking themselves for not inventing that. Like, how did we not think of that, dude? <laughs> All right. A team that you are super high on, uh, or at least you were last year. Still am. Okay, cool. Hook them. Dude, over. Over under is nine over under is nine point five. Now keep in mind this is a team that's gonna start off as a top ten team, but has that big date with LSU with Kojo. That don't matter. That don't matter. That don't matter. What is it what does Shannon Sharp say? That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Is it nine and a half? Is it nine and a half? Here's my only question, and I am not even making a joke here when I say this. Is Maryland on the schedule? No. Boom. I'll take him I'll take him to go over. Because that is right. that's a loss. You circle that you as an just, L, my friend. You just talked me into that. All right. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so Miami over eight and a half, which is interesting. Um, why is Miami getting that much love? 
I, dude, that, have that you heard the recruiting me. stories? Mario, I mean, <laughs> what's what's his name? Are you talking about Mark Richt recruiting stories? No, or are you talking I'm, about? I'm sure those were electric. Uh, no, I'm talking about Manny Diaz. I almost said Mario Cristobal. He's the one at Oregon. Um, Manny Diaz and like the stories about him just like crushing beers with like high school coaches. You need to okay. Yeah, you need to hear. I believe this. that. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, eight and a half. They're in the coastal, right? So they have to play Tech. UNC, they don't. They don't have to play Clemson. Well, they would theoretically in a conference championship. Yeah, but, but it's regular not season. Make it there, and that's yeah. regular season. Doesn't, so it doesn't matter. matter. I but mean, eight and a half seems like that seems like too much. I don't. I don't. That, like that seems one. like way too much. Yeah. And they have the non-conference game against Florida, which I'll make a prediction now. Miami ain't winning that game. No, sorry, there's no chance. Sorry. So you look at they would have to get like what? So they, their home schedule is this: Bethune Cookman, Central Michigan, Virginia Tech. Virginia on a Friday, Friday night in that at that venue. There's not gonna be anybody there. No, um, no. Friday night Miami. Oh man, that's a mistake. Georgia Tech and Louisville. That's actually pretty manageable now that I think about it. But they got to go at North Carolina. That could be a win. At Pitt, at Florida State, FIU, at Duke. You know what? They maybe they are gonna get over eight and a half games. I don't know. Their, their still... end of the year rivalry game is Duke. Big rivalry. Can't sleep on that. <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, well, the X factor in that is whether or not Tate Martell is going to be granted immediate eligibility. Right. If that somehow happens, then, you know, obviously, I guess eight and a half, you know, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see on yeah. that. But Vegas is sort of rolling the dice that, that people are going, because the under is set at plus 125. Right. So I would still probably take the under because you don't know about the Tate Martell situation. And goodness gracious, is Malik Rozier actually going to be the quarterback <laughs> for another year? Because I hope what he gets need the to start that? in like first pit, first first play if there's an interception. And just, Gosh. Like, just that was wow. Yeah, Groundhog's I, Day. I feel bad for the kid, but let's <sighs> let's give up on that Dude, one. Dude, Ohio like, State that's not though, working. This is the most interesting one for me. And yeah. you're a Big Ten guy, so you, no, I'm kidding. So like, but like this, I'm kidding. So it's anytime a, a number is set specifically at a round number, it weirds me out. Like I said, like last year with the whole you know, Mississippi State was at eight wins last year, or was it Florida? Florida was at eight, and South Carolina was at seven on the dot. And that's exactly what uh, what South Carolina got. Um, obviously, Florida went over, but Ohio State at ten, and the over is plus one twenty five. Yeah, that's um, that's really really challenging because I could go both sides of the coin on that now. The over, there is a, a very strong case to be made for a team that does not have a power five opponent right. in non-conference play. And I remember and you that broke is that, something you said that, that a couple weeks ago. That's Yeah, I broke, I broke that news. You broke that news. <laughs> my, that's my new favorite word. <laughs> you and Dan Wolken were talking about this Ohio State thing. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but you're right. Like they, they don't have a power five team. They play Florida Atlantic. Um, Ohio State's September schedule is usually a joke. Uh, but I, So they do have to go to Nebraska. I'm I'm trying to come up with this real quick. But they, they don't have to play. They don't have to wait. Do they have to play Nebraska at Nebraska? Yeah, they yeah they're, they're at, at Nebraska, Nebraska. But they get they get Penn State and Michigan at home. By the way, prediction for that game. That game is college game day is going to be at that game. I don't care. The Ohio State Nebraska <laughs> game at the I think it's like at the end of September might be their Big Ten opener. Could be potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It but is, anyways, it is September 28th. But this is this is so tough to do these these over unders with guys like Justin Fields that right. you know we've seen these bits and pieces of him, but how in the world is Justin Fields going to look in Ryan Day's offense? We think there is a lot of potential there, and it would be a huge letdown for Ohio State if Ohio State went nine and three in the regular season. But still, even with Dwayne Haskins last year, 
Like they went ten and two in the regular season. I mean, you know? I see. Had, I don't think it's even. I don't even think it's a question to be honest. I mean, like, so like I'm looking at it now. They got to go at Northwestern, which is a joke. They got to go at Nebraska, and I know Northwestern gets a new five star quarterback coming to that Clemson transfer, but like Michigan State home, Wisconsin home, then <laughs> then they get a, basically a break. Uh, they get a week off before Maryland, and then follow it up with Rutgers. And then and then back to back weeks. So maybe they could get you know they could stumble late with back to back Penn State and Michigan, and they're at Michigan. Yeah, watch out. I always am very very skeptical of those teams that all of the, it seems like their schedule is really backloaded. Right. I remember. I mean, like 2016, Michigan was a perfect example yeah. of that. They had like one game where they had to leave the state up until November, and then they collapsed on the stretch. Right. And certain teams, when you're you know 18 to 22 year old kids playing these big road atmospheres, if they don't have you know those quality opponents early on, if the schedule shakes out like we think, that could be a team that maybe thinks it's a little bit better than it actually is, yeah. and then they could potentially stumble and lose too. So, it's like me. I, I mean, I think that might be an easy push, uh, 10 and 2, but that's that's definitely an intriguing one because of the fact that it's a round number. Yeah, I, and I will say this though, and, and this is just you know total side note, but looking at these these big these 2019 schedules, I am really excited for these non-conference games, man. There, I mean, there's there's usually like last year there's like that first big weekend. And it seemed like there was, like, you know, there were great games on all weekend, you know, especially that Saturday where it's, like, literally from noon to whatever. Um, and then you had, like, the LSU-Miami game on Sunday. I This season, it's like, you know, you go into week two where you still get A&M uh, at Clemson. Then you get week three where you still have, like, Notre Dame at Georgia. This September should be pretty fun. Is it football season yet? God, I wish, man. So soon. So soon. It's coming. Um, in the meantime, though, we will talk SEC basketball. As I said earlier, we uh, recorded a really good interview with uh, our good friend Adam Spencer. He broke down a ton of stuff. If you're looking to do a little, you know, a little gambling on the SEC tournament, you're trying to figure out some stuff to to maybe make you some money, or if you just want to sound smart at the water cooler. I don't know if water coolers are still a thing, um, but if you just want to sound smart in general or be, you know, that person on Twitter, you should definitely listen to it because there's a lot of good insights. So, without further ado, here is our good friend Adam Spencer. We're now excited to be joined by our good friend. He is the resident hoops expert at SDS. It is Adam Spencer. Adam, we had you on right before football season to give us our guide to SEC basketball for SEC football fans. This is basically an updated version of that for those of us who just really want to smart, sound smart talking to, to all of our friends about SEC teams in the postseason. Are, are you okay with kind of just doing basically what you did four, five weeks ago? Yeah, I'll see what I can do here. All right, well, that was really promising. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of gamblers are, are really dependent on this. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we would expect nothing less of you. Let's start with the biggest story in, in college basketball in the last week. This, this stuff with Will Wade, um, as a Mizzou fan, I know we were talking about this uh, this last week. I know that you were shocked by Joe Oliva's decision to suspend Will Wade and cooperate with the NCAA, NCAA investigation. Just what was your, your reaction to the way this is all unfolded and, and what's going to happen going forward? Yeah, like uh, like you said, I'm a Mizzou fan. And uh, just the way that that all played out with Mizzou cooperating and, you know, then getting hammered for something that ha- happened five years ago, uh, you know, I just don't see why any school would make the decision to do anything that could be seen as cooperation with, the NCAA at this point. And I mean, I mean, I know that, you know, there was the more recent report that came out that said, you know, Oliva's decision was in part because Will Wade refused to meet with his bosses that one day, but still the suspension, you know, that 
and he and then you know he had to go and frame it and he said we're cooperating fully with the investigation and like that's just where you shoot yourself in the foot a little bit like if it was because he didn't meet with his bosses say he was suspended for insubordination and just don't mention the investigation at all because now when it comes time to you know litigate this matter within the NCAA offices Wade's suspension and you know holding smart out of the game that can basically be seen as an admission of guilt and you know that's what could ultimately doom LSU as opposed to you know you've seen a similar situation with Sean Miller out in Arizona and the Wildcats haven't really been you know Sean Miller got suspended a couple games but then he came back and he he had found the one part if you listen to him talk there are so many qualifiers in every sentence that he says you know he says I did not speak with the recruit on this day at this time you know who knows if he spoke at other times but he just qualifies everything so well and I think that that's what's kept Arizona you know they're not going to make the NCAA tournament this year but they have a really great recruiting class coming in next year. So, you know, it hasn't really affected them at all. And it's because they are now fighting everything and denying everything. So we'll see what happens with LSU, but they should sort of take a page out of their book. If you're predicting right now, Will Wade, does he somehow survive this? Is this a Sean Miller case or is this more like kind of what Bruce Pearl dealt with at Tennessee, which was a different scenario because we were talking about a barbecue, I mean, way back in the day and lying to the NCAA about that. This feels like a, a different thing when you've got FBI wiretaps involved. Does does Will Wade somehow survive all of this and try and move on from this? Uh, you know, I, I don't think he does, and I don't think it has anything to do with the FBI investigation. I think he's just made his bosses mad and and I think that's what ultimately is going to cost him his job at the end of the year. And, I, you know, who knows what would have happened if he would have taken that meeting with his bosses. He might still have gotten suspended. But, uh, yeah, just when you make the people ahead of you mad, then, I don't know, you're you're not going to stick around for much longer. And I sort of uh, – I have a piece coming out on Tuesday. Uh, it, it's basically just, you know, a preview of the top three seeds in the – tournament LSU Kentucky and Tennessee just because I really think you know we'll get into this a little later but I think the champion's going to come from one of those three teams and uh but in that piece I compare each of the coaches to a character from the office and if you think about it <laughs> if you think about it Will Wade like the reason that I put that section in there was because Will Wade is absolutely Ryan Howard you know, just the story yes. fits so much. You know, he gets a job at LSU, so he does well at a lower job, just like Ryan, you know, he does pretty well as a temp and catches the attention of corporate, gets the job at corporate. That's for Will Wade. You know, he gets that LSU call. And then, you know, we all remember what happened to Ryan being let out in handcuffs as he committed corporate fraud. And now, you know, you're getting wire fraud, wire fraud accusations being thrown at, will wade here so you know we'll see what happens next maybe he uh much like ryan maybe he bounces back to vcu and uh shows up as an assistant there but you know that'll be that'll be interesting to watch but yeah that was just there's too many parallels there that i just had to mention that in an article so perfect so will wade started the fire (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, forget Will Wade and his oversized shirts. I mean, thank God he's saved money on not ever getting anything tailored. 
Um, does Avery Johnson keep his job? And the reason I ask is because as a very frustrated member of the 85% that pulls for Alabama, not just in football, um, I'm tired of seeing the same product on the court, on the field every year. So does he keep his job or not? I think that's going to come down to the matchup that they have right out of the gate here in, uh, in Nashville. You know, if he, if he picks up a win there and, I don't even think he needs to necessarily make the tournament, but if he if they beat Ole Miss and then play well against Kentucky, I think that he ultimately keeps his job. But if they lose to Ole Miss and finish the season on such a down streak here, like you know, just the way that they've just collapsed down the stretch with you know, they were in the mix, like they were solidly in the field that Joe Lunardi had predicted and then they just completely collapsed. So if they finish that off with a loss to Ole Miss on Thursday, then yeah, I think Avery Johnson's gone, but I, I still do think that there's time for him to sort of save his job a little bit here, but we'll see. It, it's going to be interesting. Ha, you know, has this team quit on him or not? And I think we'll find out Thursday. I know. I Gosh, have. It, it really doesn't seem like that long ago that we were talking to, I mean, not we, but like, there were rumors that Avery Johnson was potentially considering a move back to the NBA. And, like, all of a sudden this has all changed. And when you have a late-season collapse like this and you have underperformed, obviously the conversation changes. But one of the other storylines that I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe has been kind of overshadowed by some of this, this LSU stuff is the elephant in the room, which is Kentucky has won this thing four straight years. And Kentucky is the team to beat until proven otherwise. And it's really on the brink of another number one seed. I mean, they might, depending on what happens this weekend, they could theoretically lose in the SEC championship and then still maybe get a one seed. What's the key to Kentucky making this five straight? Well, the key is going to be Reed Travis's health. You know, he's, We've seen, you know, we've seen them play Kentucky or we've seen them play Tennessee twice this year. And one time, you know, home courts aside, and I think that home courts are a very big advantage in college basketball. But, you know, you saw Kentucky do the bullying when Tennessee was in Lexington. And then when Kentucky visited Knoxville without Reed Travis, they got pushed around. And I I just think that he is so important to what they do. He takes a lot of pressure off of PJ Washington because when Reed Travis went out, you know, PJ Washington, he had had a streak of, of like three or four straight games with 20 points. And then that came to a halt. So I, I just think that he means so much for their front court depth because every minute that he's in, you know, you don't have to worry about, making P.J. Washington get in there and do the dirty work because that's the sort of stuff that Reed Travis does willingly. He sets some of the best and hardest screens in the SEC. He gets in there, grabs some rebounds. He, you know, he'll allow P.J. Washington to sort of drift around the perimeter from time to time on offense. And just he, he just he's the unsung hero of that team. And if they're going to win, they're going to need him as close to 100 percent as possible. And, you know, we'll see on. Thursday but if, if he's not in there you know that uh, you know they're not a number one seed and the tournament won't the tournament selection committee won't seed them in as a number one seed if he's not fully healthy so one of the more like frustratingly impressive teams in the SEC this year has been South Carolina bless their hearts mm-hmm. um them getting a two-day bye do you think Frank Martin and the Gamecocks do you think they have they can take any advantage of their seed and advance throughout the weekend, or you think it's just a one and done deal on Friday? You know, I, I think that um, 
I think that they'll have they have a great chance of making it to the final. I think that that whole top half of the bracket there is wide open with all the drama surrounding LSU. So you know we'll we'll see how it plays out. But South Carolina is a team that nobody wants to see just because they are like they are their coach Frank Martin. You know he's a tough guy who you know gets the most out of his players who maybe don't have the most talent, but you know he. They've they've lost to Stony Brook. They lost to Wyoming early in the season, and those are definitely horrible losses. But I mean, you you can't you have to you can't ignore what they've done in SEC play, which is just you know they've come in and they earned the four seed, and that's impressive for this team that has had so many injuries and just you know they now they're dealing with another one with that talented freshman guard AJ Lawson. He's he was a big part of what they were doing in the middle of the SEC season there. And now he's out and I don't know if he's going to be able to come back or not, but uh, you know, it all depends on uh, what Chris Silva can do because he was, you know, even in the preseason, he was a preseason all SEC guy. And I was, I was a little bit confused by that, but you know, he's proven himself. He, He goes cold from time to time, but if he gets hot in the tournament, you know, yeah, they can absolutely make it to the, to the final. And, you know, I don't. I don't think that they're gonna sniff the NCAA tournament unless they win it all. But I think that they're a team that nobody wants to see for sure. I don't know if this is something that people have kept track of, but I it just popped in my head. The combination of Frank Martin and Will Muschamp. That's got to be the most intimidating football <laughs> basketball coach combo in the country. I don't, I can't think of any that comes to mind that would be like more like just just tougher to to stare down if you're a player in the doghouse than those two guys. So that's I guess a different to- topic for a different time. But I want to talk about about Tennessee because you know they they have this 19 game win streak and then all of a sudden you know they go four and three down the stretch and sprinkled in you know there are some some kind of weird moments in their season where they get blown out against Kentucky and so some of their weaknesses were exposed and then they respond with the you know the big resounding win at home against Kentucky and we're you know some people are still trying to figure this team out you know what's what's obvious though is that they have not played quite at the same level as they were when they were you know in that 19 game winning streak what do you think is the key for for the Vols to kind of get back to that team that was at number one in the country well I think uh, we sort of touched on it here earlier and it's the you know getting away from true road games you know they don't have any more true road games on their schedule and if you look at their four losses this year they lost early in the year to a full strength Kansas team that uh, and that went into overtime and that was on a neutral court but then all three of their all three of their home or their uh, regular season losses in the SEC have come on the road in true road games they lost at Lexington, they lost at LSU, and they lost at Auburn. You know, those are three of the other top five seeds in the tournament. And just that those atmospheres in college just can't be overstated. Rupp Arena is crazy. You know, Baton Rouge is wild. Auburn was really geared up for that game on Saturday. And, you know, they needed it. They really needed it to sort of cement themselves from – you know, having to worry too much about an early exit in the tournament this week. So, you know, now that they're getting to Nashville, you know, it's a obviously an in-state tournament here. So I, I think that that's going to be the biggest key is just they don't have to go into hostile territory anymore. You know, they're playing on neutral courts from here on out, and this one's pretty close to home. And, you know, they'll have a good 
contingency of fans there, and they enter healthier than most teams. Uh, you know, they don't have the suspensions and drama that LSU does. They don't have the injuries that South Carolina does. And, you know, they have Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and Jordan Bone. They're all healthy, and Kentucky can't say that all their starters are healthy. So you know, I think that that's – I think we're going to see that that – team that looked like they were the number one team in the country I think we're going to see that and it's just because they're not traveling into enemy territory where everybody is so geared up to get a win over the you know the top one of the top teams in the SEC so yeah we'll see but I, I like I like Tennessee in this bracket so what Wednesday team has the best chance of getting to Friday? And there's only three options because Vanderbilt seems to not be an option. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. It's it's Texas A&M, and you know I know that they're the 11 seed, but and so they're such the a shock pick, Adam. But, so shocking. Oh yeah, for sure. But you know I'm <laughs> I'm never I'm not a big fan of this Mizzou team. You know they they don't have the firepower to make it through. I think they could beat Georgia, and they have beat Georgia this year. So, thank God. But I, <laughs> but I think Texas A and M's, and and you know, I do. They have a great chance. No, I don't. I don't think so at all. But if you're looking for one of those teams to make through, make it through to Friday, then it's got to be A and M, just because of you know they've actually been playing some pretty decent basketball down the stretch here. All right, so we've got a few games for you. Uh, the first one game that you're probably very familiar with. Um, we want to do some SEC bubble watch. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you a team, and you're going to tell me how many wins they need to get into the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm kind of tricky with this, so I might try and trip you up a little bit, or it might just be a standard question. Um, but, yeah, so we'll start with a team that you already kind of hinted at before in terms of what they need to maybe make it into the NCAA tournament, and that's Alabama. How, how many wins do you think they need this week to be able to make the field? Please say zero. <laughs> it's it's a lot more than zero. I, I've got Damn it. two, and I, I think two. that they need to beat. I think they need to beat Ole Miss at absolute minimum, just to even you know be able to really hold a watch party for the selection show on Sunday. And then, <laughs> like I think that they really, really, really need to beat Kentucky to finish to feel any sort of comfort heading into selection Sunday. So. Yeah, I've got I've got two for them, and I mean, if you ask me if I think that they're going to get it, I'm gonna say no. But I, yeah, start by beating Ole Miss. That's all I can say. That gives yeah. them a chance. All right, a, a team that you know, they've they've just been so inconsistent throughout the year. You just don't really know what's expecting them game to game. What about Florida? Yeah, you're right. They're just so inconsistent. You know, they could lose to Arkansas on Thursday, or they could make it all the way to the final. You don't know with this team. So I'm going to say two because, you know, they've played, so they need to beat Arkansas again, like Alabama. you got to start there, get the one win, and then see how you do in the next one. But they've beaten LSU this year, and they've played them well the second time too. So, And now they're going to be without Javante Smart most likely, and Nas Reed hasn't been healthy since the last time that they played LSU. So... They've got a favorable draw there. If they can win that first game and then stay healthy and bring some momentum into that LSU game, you know, with all the turmoil surrounding the Tigers, I I think that it's definitely possible. So 
win those two and they're in. And yeah, I think that it's definitely more possible than what Alabama's facing here. Uh, similar situation, but kind of different to a certain extent, just because I don't think they're quite as on the bubble as Alabama and Florida. But a team that you know has been the surprise team in the SEC, if you you know maybe the feel good team now that LSU is facing all this turmoil, uh, it, it's Ole Miss. How many wins does Ole Miss need in the SEC tournament to make the NCAA tournament? I don't think they need any. I've got zero down. Um, I, I just I think that they're comfortably in the field. Uh, you know, now if we're talking seeding, a loss to Alabama will definitely hurt them. It might knock them down to you don't want to be an eight or a nine seed really because then in the second round you have to play the number one seed you know unless you had UMBC last year but uh you know other than that I think that they're solidly in the field of 68 so we'll see just you know I think that they could really they could even make it all the way up to a six seed I think if they win a couple games here so we'll see but yeah they're more comfortably f- in the field Two more for you, and I'm going to force you to do some math. How about South Carolina? (laughs) Uh, South Carolina, you know, again, we mentioned earlier their losses to Stony Brook, Wyoming. You know, those are not great. Wofford, but Wofford. Powerhouses. Um, Powerhouses, Wofford's really good. Uh, Wofford is, yeah. Wofford really has a case to make the tournament as an at-large bid if they don't win their conference tournament. But, uh I'd say you win two games. So if you win two games for South Carolina, that means Auburn most likely, and then uh, LSU, the number one seed. So start there. I think that they're at least up to, you know, first four out, next four out, somewhere in there on Lunardi's bracket if they win two games. But I would say if I – had to bet on it i would say they would have to win the whole thing to get into the field of 68 but watch out for them in all right the NIT. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like south carolina could easily be the team that's like standing alone in new york and playing in this game that's on monday night on espn that they're trying super hard and frank martin is going nuts and everybody else is kind of like all right is anybody watching this right now does anybody anybody really care <laughs> um exactly uh, speaking of nit Speaking of NIT-bound teams, well, actually, I don't know if this team is even making it to the NIT. How many wins does Mizzou need to make the NCAA tournament? (laughs) All right, well, let's see. They need to win on Thursday, or win on Wednesday. Then they need to win on Thursday. Yeah, let's win Wednesday first. Yeah, we'll we'll start with Wednesday, beat Georgia, move on to Thursday, win Thursday. Then they need to move on to Friday, win Friday. And they need to move on to Saturday and win Four? Saturday and then and then Sunday. I think they yeah. And then, you know, I know that they get the automatic bid in theory with the by winning the tournament, but they should probably find a couple other games in that tournament that they can win just to be <laughs> on the safe side here. But yeah, so I will say all of the games that they need to win to make the NCAA tournament. I like that. I like that. That was some good math. Good, like, counting on your fingers there. Uh, let's do some uh, some over-unders. Um, so we do this a lot with football and just kind of, you know, references on the broadcast. It's very narrative-driven. And, and, and with a, a tournament like this, I think if you're watching it basically from start to finish, which I anticipate you probably will, you are going to be able to be like our point man on a lot of these over-unders and whether or not they hit. So... I want to know the so the references to that 2008 Georgia team that oh, won God. the tournament as the last place team. 
How many references will we get to that? I set the over-under at 2.5. I think that we'll get over on that uh, in the first game. and just. But I don't know how much further Georgia will go than that. Uh, so they'll need to beat Mizzou and then at least keep things close in the second game. And I think we'll hit the over pretty comfortably if we do that. Yeah, and the interesting thing, too, is I feel like that would come up if any double-digit seed makes it to Friday. You know that that's going to come up, and it's going to try and make it seem like they have a chance when they probably don't. Yeah, um, Tornado yeah, sponsored we'll, that entire we'll get, run, though. Yeah, I think we'll get a couple mentions during the Vanderbilt game, too, just out of you know morbid curiosity where they will be like, oh, wow, this team went 0-18 in SEC play, but anything can happen in March. Yeah, and we'll see. But... Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to, I've got an over-under for Vandy in a sec. Actually, you know what, let's just do that now. The total Vandy SEC tournament points, I set the over-under at 57. All right, can I call a shot and say push? Exactly. Ooh. You're going to hit 57, wow. <laughs> I, okay, want, that was... I want that, I want that bet. That's, I like let's, that a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Now I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say push, but realistically I'll say under. You know they, this team is just limping to the finish line here. It's just crazy what's happened to them. You know they were actually a good team in non-conference play, and then you lose a five-star point guard like Darius Garland, who's gonna be a top ten, potentially even a top five pick in the NBA draft, right. and just completely fall apart. Like you just can't do that. Like even the Lakers have won some games without LeBron James. Like <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just you can't limp to the finish like this, and it, I think that this team's just ready to go home and regroup and try again next year. Vandy people, still had odds to win the national championship. Like you could still bet on Vandy to win the national championship, and they didn't. Have, these are they didn't have odds for every every team. Vandy was still one of like the eight or nine SC teams. I think I don't think Bama had odds, and that that was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> It's crazy. I lost a lot of money on that, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) People forget, too, Vandy is going to be the home team this week. So, you know. Yeah, totally. Keep keep that in mind. As Kevin says, you know, as Kevin says, if anybody gives you 10,000 to one odds on anything, you take it. (laughs) I was going to say it. I'm glad you did. If John Mellencamp wins an Oscar, I'm going to be a very rich man. All right, speaking of a team like Vandy, how about references to a potential team of destiny? And I guess that this is similar to the the like the, the 2008 Georgia references bet, but I, I set the over-under at this at 6.5. I think that will go under pretty comfortably um, just because I really think that a top three seed is going to win this thing. And if it's mm-hmm. not, then I really think think that the lowest seed that even has a chance to win it all is Ole Miss and they don't have an easy road at all I like Auburn at the five seed but I don't think that they exactly qualify as a team of destiny so I think that this is a little bit more of a top heavy tournament than others so yeah I don't think that team of destiny is going to be a phrase that we hear all too much this week all right how about this one uh the words Kermit Davis and SEC Coach of the Year. I set the over-under at 3.5. Yeah, I think that that goes over. And unless, you know, unless Alabama jumps out to like a 20 nothing lead and just dominates from the opening tip on, I think that we'll hit pretty comfortably. Because, you know, if he shows well in 
Nashville. I, I mean, I really think that what he did in the regular season, winning 20 games with this team that many people picked either 13th or 14th in the conference heading into the season. I mean, I really do think that he is the coach of the year. So, you know, if I find my way to Nashville, I'll at least, you know, get close enough to the microphones where I can make this one go over. <laughs> All, right. All right. How about how about this? Because this is this is tough, and there's there are a lot of layers to this. Because the initial this is going to sound really high, but I but I, I can explain it if you're if you're thinking under automatically. It's the amount of awkward discussions about Will Wade and his future that we're going to get on the broadcast. I set the over under for the week. Keep in mind, this is the whole week. I set the over under at ten point five. Yeah, I'm going to take the under with the caveat that if Dickie V does any LSU games, it's going to go over in the first five minutes just because that guy cannot <laughs> stop being scandalized about everybody thinks that college basketball players should get paid. Then a coach tries to pay a player, and, allegedly, and everybody loses their mind and says Dickie V can't stop talking about how it's ruining the game of basketball. So, and I think he's going to be down there. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I think he is going to be in Nashville for at least some of the games, uh, especially later in the tournament. So if he draws an LSU game, watch out because that's going way over. But for now, I'll say under. All right, we've got four more. Mar- I think Marley, well, you you've got me. four I got, more I'm in the Google Doc now. You confused me with the Vandy thing. Um, okay, let's let's. This is going to be confusing, even when I read it, and I'm the one that wrote it, so that says a lot. Total wins on Thursday by a Wednesday team. I got you there. The four teams that play on Wednesday, will any of them win again? And I say no. I, I just, okay. <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that Texas A&M and Mizzou advance, but I don't think that they really do anything in that next round. Uh, you know, Mississippi State has too much to play for, and then you've got on the other, then you got on the other line there, you've got uh, Auburn, and you know, I think that they could end up winning the whole thing if they get hot enough. So, yeah, don't don't put any money on a Wednesday team getting to Friday is what I would advise. All right, I did have the over under set at, at at a half, just a like point right. five. So that's that's a good answer. Um, same number for the next one. Please, God, tell me you have a different answer. Total wins by Alabama. No, I, I have under again. Sorry. I You're dead to me. Think that, <laughs> I, I mean, I think Avery Johnson is dead to his team right now. So they've, <laughs> Boom. <they're, laughs> yeah. That's, it's, can't it's argue just, that. That's fine. It, it's not good. But, I mean, I you know, it's just confusing just because I, I think that they have a lot of talented players. You know, they've got Dante Hall. They've got... They've got Kyra Lewis Jr., who's been great. And, you know, as I've mentioned, heading into when we when you had me on the first time, you know, he, he's the Jake Bentley of the SEC because he should be in high school right now. But he's been really good. And, you know, you've got to have good guard play. They have Lewis and they have John Petty and they have a double-double machine and Hall down in the paint. And they still can't win a game. Yeah, you're making it worse, to be honest. NCAA tournament. So I, I think that they bow out to Ole Miss here early and then the but honorably Avery Johnson <laughs> honorably sure sure we'll say a close lock um, yeah well I'll just I mean like hopefully they just give up on like you know maybe just literally bow out just say you know what we're gonna forfeit <laughs> go. this game we're gonna head over to the Bridgestone Arena um what do you call it snack bar see y'all later I take that yeah um okay 
Total SEC teams that make the NCAA tournament, now that you've told me Bama's season's over and I have nothing to live for. <laughs> um, so what's the over-under? I got six and a half. Six and a half. All right. Um, we will go with over on that one because I think seven make it. I think Florida okay. sneaks in there, maybe as a maybe as a first four team, but you know I think that they beat. And who knows? You know, if Arkansas goes on a run, you know they could work their way into the mix. But I think it's going to come from one of those two teams, the eight or the nine seed there. And I think one of them is going to. Well, one of them is obviously going to win that eight nine matchup. I can safely say that. And then, uh, you know, watch out for either of those teams beating LSU because Arkansas has taken them down to the wire. And Florida has actually beaten them, so that's going to be a tough one for the Tigers. All right. This is, speaking of tough one, this is going to be the last one. Now, this won't happen to me because I wear very sturdy all-white New Balances. However, total number of shoe blowouts in this tournament seems to be a big thing this year. <laughs> I would have said solidly under if we were just talking about the Zion Williamson thing, but then that Indiana player had a shoe blowout on him, like literally like two days later. So. I don't know. It seems to be going around. I, th- I don't think it'll be a Nike, though. I think they're going to, you know, quadruple stitch all their shoes. But I don't know. <laughs> it seems to be it seems to be going around this year. So let's let's say uh, let's say over just for fun. We'll see what happens. And hopefully the player doesn't get hurt when it happens, obviously. But let's let's see a good shoe blow out. That'd be fun. <laughs> Just like just like running on the sideline and the shoe just falls apart, like not even like a contact yeah. injury or anything like that. Yeah, Which, yeah. Let's have. It. I hope it's like a stuff. white white kid, like non scholarship player, holding a team back after like a huge three late in the game. That in like his shoe Ooh. blows out. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. All right. Like let's that. close with let's let's close with some some predictions. You've alluded to kind of where where your head is at, and I think we're at a very similar place. So all three of us, we're gonna do predictions for the SEC championship. Who we think is going to be in it who we think is going to win it, and who we think is going to be the tournament MVP. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this whole thing by saying I predicted the correct result last year. I definitely had Shea Gilgis <laughs> Alexander winning tournament MVP. I had Kentucky winning the tournament. Sick brag for me. I picked the team Such that won three years in a Such a tough pick last year, Connor. Such a tough pick. I know. I'm, I'm very, very smart, obviously. I'm a basketball novice. Um, but, Adam, who are your – let's start with just your SEC tournament championship uh, participants, and we'll go around uh, all three of us. Then, Marler, you'll go after Adam, and then I'll finish. Can't wait. All right, I'm going with Tennessee, making it from the bottom half of the bracket. And based on what I saw on Saturday and just the way that they've been playing lately, I'm going to go with Auburn making it from the top. So we got Tennessee and Auburn in the final, and then I'm going to have Tennessee winning it all. Okay. All right. I'm going to take... Kentucky, what? Crazy, right? Um, going from the bottom half, I'm going to take Auburn, coming from the top half. And guys, hold on to your hats here. I'm, I'm going to say this. I got Auburn winning the SEC championship. Wow. Yeah, like, so wow. all the people like that don't listen to our podcast anymore because of the, the Bama stuff, you're welcome. I finally paid you back. Oh, I've just figured it was a reverse jinx. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely Now they'll go out and round too. in their first game and... <laughs> and you'll be able to say that you jinxed them. So, good Knock job with wood. that. 
<laughs> okay, so we're all going to jinx Auburn because I thought I was being crafty and I was saying, oh yeah, Auburn's going to make the SEC championship. That'll be a little bit of like a kind of, you know, a sleeper pick. Not at all, obviously. I also have Auburn in, in the championship coming out of the, the top part of the bracket. And then, uh, like, I have the same exact tournament and tournament championship and championship winner as Adam. I have Tennessee coming out of the bottom and then Tennessee winning it. So off of that, I will, I, but I will say my unconventional pick for SEC tournament MVP is not Grant Williams. It's not my guy, Admiral Schofield, who is my favorite player in college basketball. It is Jordan Bone. Tell me I am smart okay. for doing that, and Adam, tell me that you have the same exact pick as me. I don't have the exact same pick as you, um, but I do like that pick because, I mean, I, I love Jordan Bone, and I don't think that he gets enough attention for what the Vols do. And, I mean, he does get a lot of attention, but on the national scale, people know Grant Williams, they know Admiral Schofield, and, but Jordan Bone is what drives that offense. He's so fast. He is such a good shooter you know he's he's what makes the Vols move and so I really like that pick but I'm taking you know I'm going with the chalk pick here and I'm taking Grant Williams as my tournament MVP because I just think that the the storyline is there you know you've got Grant Williams he's he won the SEC player of the year last year he comes into this year and you know he's in control for the award a lot of people think there towards the end of the season that pj washington started to take it away from him but then you know he bounces back and he's probably gonna win the award for the second year in a row so then he goes into this tournament and if they win i just think that it's like he is going to play such a big part along with jordan bone along with schofield that the narrative is just going to favor grant williams i think and i don't think that that can be discounted so i think that they'll give him the the trophy should the Vols win. I got Jared Harper. All right, war you time. Going. <laughs> you're, you're going the full the full reverse jinx there, Marlon. I, I so I agree this is that. what you do. I, you know what? And I, it, let's just let's write it down now. If Auburn does somehow win, it better not be called a reverse jinx or hedging my bets. It better be called <laughs> that Marlon picked it right. But yeah, that, even me saying it, I yeah, I hope it's the reverse jinx thing. Yeah. All right. Well, we will we will document this, um, Adam. I'm sure we'll be talking to you uh, maybe sometime sometime early on in the tournament to kind of give us uh, early in the NCAA tournament, to kind of give us a, a look ahead uh, at what we should expect from SEC teams. But um, you're you're cranking out a ton of content this week. You've got stuff all over SDS. If you have not gotten to SDS and checked out our all of our NCAA NC, SEC tournament coverage. Definitely you should do so. We are really going wall-to-wall, all things basketball this time of year. Uh, Adam, we appreciate you coming on. And we're going to definitely do like a guide to the NCAA tournament for people who are still probably consuming way too much spring football thing. Yeah, for, gambling. So we'll like have that. you come on real soon. Sounds good. Appreciate Adam coming on, dropping some knowledge bombs. Uh, that's pretty much what we need because, you know, we're just not hoops guys. We're, we follow hoops. We like hoops. But he's been watching all season. Uh, definitely make sure to give Adam a follow uh, on Twitter for all your SEC basketball takes. So we've got some good stuff, fourth and wrong. That was, that was a, a good interview. And, and again, there was an awkward pause by me. And we'll, oh boy. we'll I'll discuss it later. <laughs> interview, At a much later date. Much later date. Um, but I, that was, I was dangerously close to seeing if I could veer that thing off the rails, that whole conversation, just strictly to office references. Because when he said the 10,000 to 1 thing, I was thinking it, and then he said, oh, man, it's good stuff.
Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Okay, let's get the fourth and wrong. We've got some good submissions this week. Um, we are going to start with a question from one of my favorite people, Jeff Underwood, uh, who flat out asked if um, if he could be invited to the wedding. You know, we'll see. Uh, All right. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, anyway, so Jeff Underwood starts the uh, line of questioning here for Fourth and Wrong with, of all the Rocky movies, which is your favorite? Which I thought that was pretty simple, but I, I included the question because he, he also said, and did you have a thing for Adrian? Okay, so I don't think the first part of that question is that simple. I think oh, the God. second part is more simple. Um, I know I'm going to get crap for this. Oh, Jesus Christ, Connor. It better not be two. Or five. No, no, no not two. No, no. Okay. Five doesn't count. Five doesn't count. Come on. I am a Rocky Four guy. Duh. I yeah, love. Duh. Okay. That, what did you think it was going to be? Hey, Rocky One won Best Picture. Um, so did Rocky Two. Kind of the, the original. It, Rocky Four to me, though, like the stuff with the Cold War and Russia, and I wasn't alive for that, so that just makes me feel like I was there. Dude, Rocky Four is, I've said this before, and I'm not kidding. Rocky Four is one of the single greatest movies ever made. And I mean that specifically because, like, it, of what it was like why it was made like it, you're right it was in the cold war he's fighting russia he's fighting steroids like how many times could they make like oh man he's got to fight apollo creed and then it was like an even bigger dude like an anger dude clubber lang it's like how can we top that oh i don't know how about a russian on steroids yep it's only an hour and 30 minutes long and then he ends the cold war with it is it's only an hour and 30 minutes long so it's a perfect movie if you have add and the soundtrack is phenomenal. He he trains on a mountain for no reason, which is incredibly dangerous. Don't try that. Whenever, at the end of that training montage, when he gets up to the top <laughs> of the mountain, and he yells, Drago! Drago! It looks like he's going to fall off the back half of that mountain and die. Yeah, that that right. back bend was Oof. outrageous. Intense. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, I know owls can turn their heads like in like 180 degrees. That's not the same kind of... You know what? I wish I didn't make that comparison. Regardless, it's a fantastic movie. And also the worst part of that montage, like the very worst part, um, is when they zoom in on his face in the mirror and he just crumples up a picture of Drago. It was like, why do you... What? Why is... That's not... That's not doing it for me. Also needed less of the robot love scene with Polly. That was weird. But you had you had to show that it was the 80s. Yeah, so. that is true. Okay. So, just in case the Cold War wasn't a giveaway. Right. Um, also, Adrian... Um, yeah, I was like 10 when this came out, and the movie was like, by that point, it was like 25 years old, so I never once had that thought. Maybe, hey, maybe people, maybe our listeners did. Um, I'm, I mean, not, in my, not really in my age group to ever think that would be a possibility, and not to hate on, you know, older women, you know, Betty White, what's up? What? But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I never quite went Betty White is like 94, and Adrian's dead, if you've seen Creed 2, or Creed 1. Um, way too soon. Um, way too. But no, so like, so, but, and I'm not saying this. I, I'm. We're basically feminists. We've talked about this. Um, Adrian, when you know they had that whole thing in the movies in the late '90s, where it's like, oh my god, that nerdy girl just took off her glasses and now she's prom queen. What? Adrian took off her glasses and looked the exact same. <laughs> she's just never, no, never wavered. That's, oh, okay, never no, you're wavered. wrong on that. Go, no, go back. Go back and compare Adrian and Rocky One to Rocky Four. That is okay, what well, you where compared I will draw it to the line. Betty White. So I'm not going to trust your. No, 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 no. I, never mind. Never mind. We're going to move past this. All right. Second question: If you could go back 15 years and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? All right. So 15 years ago was before I started. It was before I started high school. Um, so I would go back and tell myself, 
Uh, look at all of the scholarship requirements to the schools you want to go to and make sure that your GPA does not come 0.1 short because Ooh. when you graduate and you have like tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt, yeah. um, it'd be really nice to not have that. That's what I would go tell myself. That's a good point. Um, so I was 17. I was going right into college at this point. Uh, or I was going, I mean, I was going into my senior year. I would say two things. One, don't wear puka shell necklaces. Um, good point. Yeah, that was the worst. Uh, and then two, I would say this, and I don't think we have a lot of younger listeners, but I'm just going to, I guess, maybe preach to the choir on this one. If you're in high school, whoever you're dating, whoever you're dating, there's a 99% chance you're not in love with them. You're not going to end up marrying them. Good point. I, like, I don't know why. I, I was so, like, I was like, the girl I dated in high school, I was like, yeah, I mean, I know we're going to get married. I love her. But you're 18. You know what I mean? Remember, like at the same time, I th- I wanted to get that Ryan Cabrera cross tattoo on my arm. We don't have to talk about it, but I have heard Ryan Cabrera songs at the gym. Sick brag to me. Um, that uh, like probably five different times songs since you said or, that, or just that one songs. No, 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 no. songs like multiple songs, which I didn't know there were. I thought there was just the one. Did it help your um, lifts or what, bro? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if that Ryan Cabrera fuels all my games. <laughs> just that. You know what? That is 100% gonna be the audio clip from this entire this entire uh, show. All right, question three. <laughs> um, I forgot to write down who asked this question. Oh, by the way, that question was sent by Matthew Fuller one on Instagram. This one was sent to some by somebody on Instagram. I forgot to write who it was. CC's or Chuck E. Cheese? We're about to fight. Gosh, I I, I could not care less about this. You like pizza, right? Yeah. I, do do we call that pizza? I mean, it's like, I mean, see, so CC's like when you grew up poor, and all you can eat pizza buffet. That's you know what? Then I'm gonna I'll give the nod to CC's for okay. that reason alone. Okay. Now I'm gonna go on the other end because also when you grow up poor, Chuck E. Cheese is like a once in a every few month birthday type event. Like when you like get to go to a friend's birthday, it's having it there. Chuck E. Cheese was the the blank. It was awesome. Anytime you can incorporate skee ball and pizza, and you can drink there now. You can, but you have to have a kid, which is a tough thing to do. In the episode of The Office, in uh, The Injury, <laughs> yeah. they're, taking, they're taking Dwight to the hospital, and Dwight's like, where are we going? And Jim's like, Chuck E. Cheese. And then Michael's like, oh, I'm so sick of Chuck E. Cheese. That's one of the most underrated lines <laughs> of the whole series. Oh, I'm so sick of Chuck E. Cheese. Um, also, there's a two-beer um, limit at, uh, at Chuck E. Cheese, so it's not as cool as I made it sound. All right, so the next question. <laughs> I'm going to save actually this one for last. So let's, let's go to this one. Um, this is from I Only Drink Water. On Instagram. Strong cool. name. All right. It's probably one that you did not have to uh, worry about also being taken when you signed up for it. Um, yep. What's your favorite type of fish? Now, background on this. The only reason we're including this in here is because I was going through the questions with Connor beforehand. And I was like, ah, I don't know about this one. This one's kind of lame. And he goes, ooh, I like that. What did you say? Hold on. What did you say? Oh, that's easy. I said, oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's easy. So th- this question is very easy. Uh, it, it's salmon. I mean, salmon yeah. is the steak of fish. Salmon is is the best, in my opinion. Like, I, I understand if you want to go into like some different seafood options, and then if you want if you want to include like lobster and stuff in, in the seafood conversation, that's okay. But we're talking we're talking fish, man. My my dad used to get salmon from this guy up north, and he would come back with like six pounds of salmon that we would go through on a Sunday night, yeah, and it was much. so good. So Yeah, I could eat all of it probably. First off, Chilean sea bass is probably more of the steak version. That's like the filet version. Just, I mean, Mahi-mahi probably. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, Barramundi is nice. I will say this. Uh, 
I have a very how <laughs> it's I'm, it's not irrational, but I I have a, a strong dislike of salmon. It tastes great. I love it. The reason I what? don't like salmon, I'm not going to give it the nod here, is because of years and years of emotional abuse from serving as a bar or working as a bartender and server and hearing a-hole customers come in and demand the salmon and pronounce the L so hard. Uh, and it would drive yeah. me nuts. And I was like, please don't. Like, if, if somebody pronounced the L in salmon, I knew without a doubt I was getting less than 10% tip. Just it was the same, the same person who pronounces the L in salmon also says Chipotle. And the people <laughs> who say Chipotle, I just want to say, you know what? Take a walk and go to Kidoba. That is, just just that take is, a walk, get out. Learn how to pronounce it, and then you can come back, and then you can get your double meat burrito, whatever you want to do, but just learn how to pronounce Look it. Look at first. you, man. I'm, this is strong. This is strong. Take a walk and go to Cadoba. That's <laughs> maybe that's the audio clip. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna say grouper. I like grouper. Um, all right, grouper's good too. Yeah, it's fun. Um, all right, last last question. This is from our buddy Tommy O'Rourke, who's now getting his second reference of this episode. Tommy, hope you're doing well in Australia, mate. Huh? Good day, mate. What was the Kevin episode? <laughs> I'm from Australia. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, what what game could if you go back in time? What game would you want to re-see live, and what four guests would you take to that game, dead or alive? Ooh, ooh, that'd be tough. I didn't know that the game part was part of this. Um, I mean, why would you say four, I, four guests would you take to a game? Yeah, four yeah. guests to a game, um, and living, living, dead or alive. So that's that's a key uh, caveat with this thing. They would smell. They would definitely smell. Um, so I've got two dead. I go one. I go one. My late, my late dad, of course, got to bring my dad Fair to the game. Um, my dad's looking down. He gets to watch all the games now, so he's, you know, he's, he's, he's very fortunate in that regard. Right. But yeah, I, I would definitely bring my down from my dad down from heaven to watch a game. I'd also bring JFK, um, okay, because JFK's got some stories. Dude, man. he's the like, man. I would love to just sit with JFK and hear like nine innings or sixty, like whatever, yeah. however many stories he could tell. That'd be great. Um, I mean, MJ's gonna be there just because, duh. Why? Why wouldn't you bring Michael Jordan? Oh, how God, many times okay. do you get Michael Jordan? No, not Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. Not Michael Jackson. No, 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 no. Um, I'm I'm sticking with sports people. My yeah. last one. I mean, this is obvious. I didn't even really have to say it. But Joe Moorhead's coming with me to whatever oh game I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Bring Queso for one. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I, so first person I'm bringing is Keith Jackson. Oh, that'd be good. I mean, he that is one of the best sports announcers of all time. He's my. That's who I grew up with on Saturdays. Of just. His cadence, the southern accent, everything he said made it sound so much more important than it even had to be. But it also seemed like he was at every big game. Like every game like every game he did was like came down to the wire. There was something riding on it. It was just oh man. Can Keith Jackson go to a normal football game? Like would he theoretically be able to like go to a normal football game and just sit there and, and talk about it like a normal guy? Or I does hope he not. feel like he has to be in I want involved it, so like, here's here's now hear me out on this, all right? This is ultimate fan coming out of me right now. Person number two, Brent Musburger. Oh, now that's interesting. I mean, you want someone to, one, comment about gambling. That's why he left the whole industry, because he wasn't able to talk about it enough, which I love. True. So you have that aspect of it. That combination, I don't think I ever heard it together, which probably says something, because they would have been smart enough to put them together. Maybe they didn't have good chemistry. I don't know. Regardless, I would love to have those two on both sides of me narrating this game. Um, and also, I mean, Musburger is going gonna, is gonna to be a good... Well, I mean, I'm engaged now, but I'm just saying. He's going to be a good wingman to whatever college you're at. Good point. You know I mean? good and he's point. also going to make you look better in front of people, which is something that I need at age 32 with a scruffy, patchy beard. Um, 
Person number three, I, I, I honestly this is gonna this is gonna sound fangirlish, but Peter Burns, our guy. He, I mean, because he's he just seems like a blast, like to go to a game with. It seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Specifically, go to an LSU Bama game with Peter Burns to watch the before and the after. I'm on board You're with that on. idea. Okay, yeah. And now I'll finish this. This is like, this is like a pretty well thought out thing by me, which says a lot. Because um, you got the two guys that are gonna be on both sides of me talking the whole time about the game, kind of narrating it for me, like I'm in the booth. You got PB, who's gonna be a perfect person to tailgate with, show you the hot spots, all that kind of stuff, a lot of fun. He's also a responsible person. He's gonna end up going home at some point. Steven Garcia, make it happen the for the love yeah. of God. And me and Steven Garcia are just hanging out until, I don't know, 4 30 in the morning, probably just drunk crushing pizza somewhere. I just, probably Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. There you go, full circle. Steven- Steven Garcia's got some Spurrier stories too, man. You you could really go go deep with him on, on some yeah. of the, some of those things. That would be that's a, that's a pretty good list. That's a good fourth and that's wrong. A really good list. I thought that one out. Like I put a lot Great of effort question. into that one. Great question. All right, we've got two for it might mean too much. They're both Cruton based because Cruton. yeah, it's March, but it's always Cruton season. Always. I don't know if you saw this. Um, last week, a 2020 quarterback recruit, um, this guy Carson Beck, who is now a Georgia commit. Uh, committed to Georgia, but that wasn't the noteworthy thing in this whole thing. He told First Coast News that he basically used Florida to get a Georgia offer. Now, Carson Beck was, as of like five, six weeks ago, was committed to Bama. Yeah. Uh-huh. Supposed to be Bama's quarterback he's, of the future, so you did see the story. Yes. <laughs> so this was the quote that he had to, and you know, he, he ended up you know, like decommitting from Bama, I think, because of the coaching staff turnover, whatever, that stuff happens all the time. But this was the quote that he, he gave First Coast News. He said, I had obviously named Florida my leader. I put that out there to say, hey, this is the team coming at me the hardest. This is the team where I can see myself at. But also, I kind of had two schools at the back of my head, one of them being Georgia, where if I got that offer, I would pause for a second and say, okay, hold on a second. I've got to pause and take this in. I took a visit up there to Athens, and it was absolutely awesome and everything I expected. And then he gets the Georgia offer, and he commits to Georgia, and Florida fans, not happy, and I can't say I blame him. Okay, so here's my thing. One, I'm, I don't like when these – he's supposed to be a really good quarterback. like Top 100 recruit usually, nationally. And- usually when Bama – like any fan base, when they lose a recruit, they're like, I don't want him anyway, dude. Screw him. I want so-and-so. There was plenty of people, like there were Bama fans that were like, Really? Like, they were, like, really looking forward to this. Like, this one kind of hurt. I'm also tired of losing longtime quarterback commits to, to Georgia. Jake Fromm, talking to you, man. So, I, I, I can't blame I think you him. misinterpreted this. You, Bama is not the victim in this. Oh, we you are the victim. That, right? we, we just, nothing ever goes our way, Bama. Um, no, I, I agree. Florida's also the victim. But the other part of it is this. Does Georgia, do they still, he's obviously a good player, but, like, if you hear this, are you kind of like, all right, well, you kind of scammed us. Do we just, like, take back the scholarship offer or what? Like, he's good enough. But, I mean, he got they, they got played. What's the best way to make somebody that you have a crush on jealous? Say you're going to Florida. Say say you're, you got a thing for their arch rival. Yeah, you that's know? a just brilliant just move. Cool. And he's a smart kid. It's smart. He, yeah, you're right. He just used, like, high school relationship yeah. mentalities on Kirby Smart. Pff, Kirby dumb. Anyway, Worked. also, he went to Athens, and, like, that's what sold it. Like, no crap, dude. Yeah. Athens is the best. All right, this last one, you'll love this. Um, so I think this is the pronunciation. Is <laughs> Vernon Broughton? Broughton? Sorry. Broughton. Broughton. Like I, he, I have a he friend brought from high that. school the same. Yeah, he brought in that news, dude. He, bro- he broke broken that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So he says uh, he tweets out like, "Hey, like got an offer from from Arkansas." Oh, by the way, so did his brother Isaiah. What's so interesting about Isaiah? He's in fifth grade. He's six seven, three hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> the picture of him with Chad Morris Dude, is so great. I haven't seen the picture. Is he? Is it like the chicken oh, hormone man. thing? Is he big or is it just like? Oh, I mean, like he's big. He doesn't look like he's in fifth grade, but like, but it's like he's still in fifth grade. grade. Max. Like, yeah, yeah. That's. It's I mean, like but see, I don't, size. I don't not believe it because it's like Chad Morris needs something, man. I mean, hell, story of a hurl left you. This is the story of a hurl. You've been waiting so long to so say that. Long. So long. So I want you to guess what class he graduates high school with, and then when would he graduate college? I'm putting you on the spot. So to it's, do some he's quick in fifth math grade here. now. He's in fifth grade 2026, now. 2026. Seven years. Very good. And then he would graduate college in 2030. 2032, if you're on my plan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Chris Marler plan of, eh, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Oh, goodness gracious. That that just makes my That is fifth grade, man. I, oh, That's man. Whew, going for it. Just just start giving him offers in the hospital, you know, coming out of the womb. Let's just do that. Right, right. Um, Baby looks right, strong. So we do have two five-star reviews to get to. Like that. Um, the first one, subject, Roll Tide. This is from... Hemo0491. Are you um, going to make me read the other one? <laughs> yes, absolutely. This, it's, I feel like the other one's more suited for you. Um, so this says, is the podcast great? Yeah. Is Bama better than you? Yeah. Am I biased? Yeah. Fun takes? Yeah. SEC topics? Yeah. Athelia uh, Johnson. That's who that's from. Okay. All right. Um, okay. All right. So Appreciate it. <laughs> this, is, this is from... <laughs> says, why did you take football away? You can read it. From, from. Cuckboy69. It's B-O-I, so it might be Bois. Cuckboy69. <laughs> um, fantastic name. <laughs> Love the show. Both hosts do a wonderful job breaking down the ethos and pathos? The sure. hell does that mean? Of SEC football. The, <laughs> the level of metacognition when talking about what goes into different over-unders is something I look to obtain in my daily meditation. I do have one complaint. Why did you guys take college football away from us? What are you doing with it? Why did you have such joy in the suffering of millions of SEC fans by taking away meaningful football in the spring and summer? Please stop being selfish and give us back football. What was amazing to me was the the amount of big words that were used that oh, I was worried about reading, to be honest. I know we talked about the Wonderlick score, but putting on a spot to read stuff is not my favorite thing. Um, the level of words that were associated with Cuckboy, 69, which I'm also Cuck frustrated boy. that I can't use that screen name now. So that's kind of messed up. Um, that's an incredible review. <laughs> I'm amazed that we were we, we we were assumed to have so much power. Yeah. We took college football away. Like, it was our decision. Like, no, college football, you, you were going to your room for a timeout. Right. Like, that's that's not us. Like I can't wait, right. wait till next week when we have, like, another five-star review from Cuckleberry Finn. That's going to be my favorite. Ooh, that'll be there really go. good. Yeah, just keep going with those. Um Big announcement! Big announcement! This is something that we've been that's been in the works for a little bit. Something that we want to do. Uh, that by putting it out oh, there, yeah. we now have to do this. So we, for March Madness, are coming up with our office bracket of episodes of The Office, and we are going to decide what is the greatest episode of The Office ever made. Now we are we're coming up with a, a bracket not of sixty four, but of thirty two. Right. So we're gonna the way this is gonna work, and we're gonna need your help, the listener, to follow us on Twitter at the SDS Pod, and we are going to tweet these out in a poll style. So we're gonna tweet out the matchups that are going to go along with this. We're gonna come up with all the seedings. I've already, we, I've already broken them down, all my That's office good. episodes in categories. Today. 
you're finishing yours up right now. We are really excited about this. We're going to talk about this. Um, we're, we're probably going to span it out over the course of the NCAA tournament right. because that's just kind of what you do with these things. Um, and then we're going to talk about it at the end, and we're going to have a, a pretty significant breakdown of what is the best office episode ever made. Yeah. I am really, really excited about this. It's going to be tough, though. It's going to be really tough. Uh, yeah, we're, we've already already started arguing about it, so um, I'm excited. It's how do you pick good. your favorite kid? How do you, how do you do it? You know, whichever one looks the most like a corgi, I guess. I don't know. Good point. Scott's tots. Come, it's just gonna be good, man. It's gonna be really good. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Scott's tots, another thing we have to do with this, and we'll do this um, for our twenty, like we'll do like a twenty minute like rundown oh, yeah. of this probably at the end. But we need to do a bottom four, and Ooh. spoiler alert, Scott's tots on there. That's fair. On there. Yeah, it, that's it's already one, on there. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's still like, uh, maybe it's just because we have so much student loan debt that it's it's frustrating to, to see that episode. But it's also like, oh, man. Anyway, yeah, that's going to be on there for sure. And then anything with Idris Elba. Oh, gosh. He hosted SNL this past weekend, and all I kept saying is, Charles Minor, go. Yeah, like, I heard it was good, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, he was actually pretty good. I'll give him credit. Um, another, another, another announcement. We have a selection Sunday Pod. podcast. Yeah. Selection Sunday podcast. We will get that to you. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully that's coming out Sunday night, Monday morning. But yes. So make sure you're following us on all forms of social media, watching Facebook Live Monday night, Monday Tuesday night. night. Monday night. Because you know why? Because the Bachelor finale is tomorrow. Very nice. Very nice. Make sure you're watching that. Follow us on all forms of social media at the SDS pod, at SDS at CJ O'Gara. Coach O, what do we got to remember? Will wait innocent. Free will wait. And it might mean too much. Talk to you Sunday. Boom. Bye, guys.